herd ran in fear. And the dark ones, children of the worm, walked the streets in the day. I turned my head from the sight. The phoenix told me, this is as it shall be, but not as it should. The phoenix left me then. Now, I cannot dream. I can only remember the signs, each one in perfect detail. These are the last days. May Gaia have mercy on us. 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade presents Werewolf the Apocalypse, a review podcast. We missed something that me and Nick want to draw attention to here. Um, Phil Bricado did leave here a note for uh, for those who are about to listen to the podcast here uh, to note and understand. So his his note starts out with a dedication to Kathy Jane, Jennifer and Shadow, which I imagine are the important women in his life. Um, but he wants to he wants to go on to bring something to attention. He says some of the subjects and sentiments expressed in the book are pretty strong. I make no apologies for this. Anything less would be a disservice to the characters and an insult to the audience. Though the world of Black Furies is fictional, the specter of violence against women is not. Thousands of women are beaten, raped, and killed each day worldwide, often by people they love. If you have suffered such abuse, you are not alone. If you have not, someone you know may have. Stand up, speak out, and offer your hand to those in need. Silence and propriety help no one. I think we, uh, well, on behalf of, my, of the company here, um, I'm going to say 100% we agree with that sentiment. Uh, 1,000% actually, uh, which is why we make sure to include this. Um, yep. as, a, as a side note, I also want to add in here, one of the most powerful uh, quotes they have here for, for Black Furies is here, no doubt for any werewolf, really, I feel this is a good one, uh, where it says, man, imperfect in his understanding of the mother, born in her grace, jealous of her power, traps, rapes, enslaves our sisters, our mother. We feel the pain, know the blood of childbirth, menstruation, humiliation. Ours is the powers of life and death. Ours is the rage of the mother. Her will is our own. Let man cower. There's to me, that's a powerful statement uh, for Werewolf, and I think encapsulates everything in this tribe book. We hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, our rendition here of Werewolf Tribe Book Black Furies. We're going to dive right into it. Nick, how you doing today? Bob, I'm doing swell. Fantastic. Swell as a bell. Swell as a bell. Uh, Nick, do you know what month it is? Um, well, it's not Black History Month. I think um, Women's Month. Is it, it Women's Month? Actually, yes. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> a lot of you may not know this about Nick. He tends to be well, well more woke than I am. And uh, I was asked kind of on the fly if I knew the, 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 what March 8th was. And as I looked at my, my, my wife, I was like, uh, uh, hmm, awkward. She, she's definitely a feminist. Uh, to be fair, your wife is the one who told me what month it was. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So she got us both. Uh, she, she put it to me and I was like, I should know this. And she goes, you should. And you will from now on. And I was like, I will. So, you know, I was like, at least mention. And then I thought about it, honestly. And there was there was a wonder here. Um, I'll be honest. I felt I felt really stupid that I didn't know that about Mark. I'm in America. There's a whole month dedicated to women's history, uh, cultural contributions to society and history for them specifically and regarding what they've done and to honor those uh, those achievements and those contributions. And I was I really wish a lot more people knew that this is my attempt. If you didn't know about it, this is why I mention it now. And I hope, unlike me, you were well aware of it. And I hope I'm wasting your time by beating your ears on something that's redundant. In case you're like me and you're blindsided, please take a note to just look up and do a little research for yourself to see what some of those contributions are. 
Um, I agree with Nick 100%. This isn't a podcast to talk about all that. Um, we deal with games. This is what we do. And uh, we're, it's, ironically, though, this happens to be by release rollout, not plan, try book Black Fury is what we're going over today, too. And I know what you're thinking. You guys planned it. We didn't. It is completely serendipity is what brought us here. We just looked up and we're like, oh, that's interesting. And here we are. So, I mean, there's, there's nothing you could do about that other than go, well, we're just going to mention it all in one shot and get it there and uh, kind of kind of roll with what we have. So that being said, Tribal Black Fury, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this, uh, Nick, for me. This is a very emotionally charged tribe book. And I'll tell you why. Not just the content they're in, but because this is the least played tribe I've seen in Werewolf. You're saying emotionally charged for you. Yes, for me. I, it's here's why. Whenever I read Tribal Black Fury, I get amped. Uh I get amped. I want to play a Black Fury. I want to do a little Black Fury story. I want to get into all of it. I want to do that that cool ass, um, you know, we're going to do a pack of, if you wanted to play a tribe unified around some of the coolest elements of Werewolf, you're going to be hard pressed to find one better than Black Furies. Man, I always want to play a Black Fury, but, uh, you know, as as this book repeatedly reminds me, as a man, I'll never understand what it's like to be a woman. I just don't have that comfortability role-playing one. What I what I dig about that is that even even though the book has this stigma where it says men can't play it, and there's a, there's a lot of things that go into that, right? It says that a lot of guys play werewolf. Well, if it's a female only tribe, which it never says that, it never nope. says it's a female tribe only. No men can play it out of character, nothing like that. It just says you have to be creative to fit in the structure of the tribe, and you have to like that story. I happen to like being the underdog. I happen to like the fact that if I were to be a medicine male taken in by the Black Furies, I'd have to fight to earn their respect and understand what they were doing, and develop and play in a story that went with that in a pack that maybe well, would, would be rather different than I'm used to. A lot of fun there. I think that's very interesting and I haven't done it. That's like on my bucket list to do. I also mm-hmm. want to play in a game where I think when you're defending the wild is a theme without being a red talent. That's, that's where I'm at. I always feel that they're like, you have to be a red talent. If you're not a red talent, you don't know what the wild is. And I've, I've seen that too. And I'm like, ah, what? It, it doesn't compute. It doesn't, doesn't work well. I never viewed the Red Talons as being like uh, really that particular about wild, like W wild as much as I wild, right? W wild D is what I'm referring to. It's it's to me, it's both. When I think of wild and wild, I, I do think of both <laughs> of them, and that's that. But I, but fair, fair distinction. Others may have that same perspective. But looking at this, we're looking at the structure of the uh, the tribe books now they're presented in the first edition, and I think we could say easily to leave a distinct impression in your mind and thoughts. And uh, it just just deed try to be real polite with the fact that they hammer home uh, a big proponent here. And that is that uh, uh, they're not taking it anymore. Whatever it is that you did to the truth to the Black Fairies back in the day, this book from Jump teaches you that there's a there's a level of hatred they possess. And a very cool, interesting comic book opens up to kind of hammer home some of the elements of that to be a Black Fairy. What happens to this comic, Nick? In the comic, it it, it kind of starts out with this lady who's just chilling out in a movie theater and uh, and she's got this internal monologue going and it's just dripping with hate, um, just disgust. And you're kind of like, well, that's a little bit over the top. And, and until you find out that what she's doing is she's in some kind of underground theater in a dark dungeon basement somewhere watching a snuff film, a porn theater. Yeah. Right. That's something I want to underline here. It is a dark seedy place probably by now. So I don't even know if they exist anymore. I imagine they do. But even when I was young, back in the day, there were places like, why is that theater so open, Dad? Don't look there. So come on. Yep. Right? Ignore that. Don't even <laughs> move the city. Along, just move, move along. 
don't want to talk about it. Don't ask your mom. Just we doesn't exist. So I can't imagine they did bank, right? That's what I'm saying. In this comic, she's not in there alone. You'll, you'll see her like this internal monologue running and she's disgusted about how these men are treating the woman on screen. And, uh, and she looks behind her. There's this guy chewing on popcorn, like overly enjoying the movie. And then he notices her, notices there's another woman. There's a woman in this place, a place where no woman should be. And immediately his perverted instincts take in and, uh, and she seduces him into an alley and, uh, you know, kills him. <laughs> but I- she's not done yet. After that. She uh, she goes and she finds like the owner of the theater kills him. I got the impression she ate him. Well, that's only because she was licking her fingers clean on the way out. Right. You could say <laughs> she ate. <laughs> I wasn't certain. Uh, like it was one thing to kill him. It's another one where I got the impression she ate him and talked about she didn't even shift. Yeah. Right. All right. <laughs> but uh, all that goes along and she gets to a point where she ingratiates herself with uh, certain people. That uh, that she knows are going to do bad things like uh, she goes to a party. She gets beaten over the head with a with a blackjack and uh, and she pretends to be unconscious as they drag her away to this dungeon where when she uh, they remove the blindfold, there's just a, a guy there in his gimp gear and another guy standing watching with a camera. And uh, and some lady starts to get abused and immediately she shifts. And well, you can imagine the rest. I don't even think you need to. Uh, we all know exactly that's what she wanted, and that's why she wanted to be there. But the importance of these events is that she's in this theater because, it, well, I, so supposedly it just exists. We don't know what brought her to it. But when she sees what's on film, she leads to a string of events, right? Guy dies uh, that she kills in the eye, but finds out that the, well, I don't even think she finds out. She just assumes the owner is in on some nonsense. And when she confronts I mean, the- it's, it's, just, it's just theater this film's happening in. Right. So like he's, he's got to have something <laughs> involved. So she finds that guy. And that guy, she torments, terrifies, and gets the info she needs to find out where he got his snuff film from. And I mean, that's what she's wearing. If you're not familiar with the term snuff film, it is a film of a um, well, hyper-sexualized fascination around the murder of the actor or actress's seeming on screen uh, to mm-hmm. sexual gratification. Right? Mm-hmm. Some sick stuff. Well, she goes to find out where that was done at and uh, finds this sort of party is where she's led to. And she shows up there deliberately seeming. Well, not even deliberately. She flat out says, I'm looking for a job. Yeah, I got one for you, baby. And she finds the guy who's the sleazy setter-upper of said film. And while she's talking, she sees a woman there who heartbreakingly tells her, well, what's a, a, a girl unemployed in Hollywood's not a thing that you really want to be. Trust me, I know. And the way she's drawn and even what she says, it's heartbreaking. Like, my God, that's okay. All right, no big deal. And then she gets hit over the head with a, with a blackjack. It's like the wrong thing to do to this werewolf, right? Wakes up and she's happy to wake up because then the dude goes from being this uh, stylized guy who's all, you know, Hollywood chic and everything else to wearing like this weird spiked. Check it out. Right. Like wake up to (laughs) Nightmareville. It's like night and day and worse. But then, of course, she's really the monster here. And that's what that's about. But the important thing is that she kills the woman, too. Flat out says she kills her. You know, it's better that it was her than the fate that was in store for her is how it was and moves on. This left me with a with with an awesome, right? The way this is written. Typically, there's almost like a heroic bent to what's going on, but this is heroic depending on the perception you have, right? Is she in the right to do what she's doing? Yeah, there's something that should be done about a lot of a lot of these things going on, but we know that well, apparently it's legal to put a fake snuff film in a porn theater for people to enjoy and whatnot. And there's all these that there are people taking advantage of every day and things like that that happen. We know that World of Darkness knows that it's even worse 
and she's just the solution. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like uh, you were watching Cobra, that old 80s film that Stallone played in. <laughs> He's going to clean up the streets from a different version of it anyway. Um, and they're taking it back and seeing how far it would go. I enjoy the comic intro. I do, too. Um, there's there's only the only slight part about it that that bothered me is uh, the uh, the main character views every other character with the utmost contempt, like just top to bottom, nothing but contempt on this internal monologue. And it almost made me think, well, maybe a little too far. But then again, the only other characters in here are the people she kills. You right. Know, and, and, and and for for the the given reasons that she does. They're pieces of shit. I mean, <laughs> let's point out what it is, except for the woman who is a victim uh, there in all pretenses. Even she describes it as like there's nothing that can be done. You've already been damaged. You're you're never coming back or more likely she's trying to justify the fact she had to kill her in a rage. Right. She's in Kronos in a frenzy, kills and burns the house and she happened to die. She's justifying the happenstance collateral damage and moving on and saying it's better to me than that. You know, otherwise, well, I don't think she necessarily would have. And that's that's it. She doesn't move on. Not the best heroine that, no. that you see in here. But I think that was the point. You know, I think the stick that the the Black Fury thing is almost as bad as the Child of Gaia thing, that they're going to be the the heroic, super perfect people uh, that are the gift to the book or that I've seen a lot of people try to portray them in similar fashion. But I think it was it was down to earth to showcase that. Yeah, maybe she is a super fanatic and not necessarily someone you want to meet, especially if you're well, if you're a shitty porn owner. <laughs> <laughs> right that's that's, that's gonna happen it's what they uh that's what they hammer home but um this book rolls into well it's one gigantic lesson right this is sitting around a, a campfire uh telling stories where an elder uh elder black fury is talking to a younger one a pup and trying to explain the history which is the entirety of the tribe book and the sisters are around in in this telling and um it seems to be just one new pup has to hear the tale and she of course is defiant as young pups are and not wanting to sit down, kind of being challenging. They're all respecting this show of strength that she has. But then, you know, after she says, I'll stand, thank you very much, and we'll get into it, let's start talking about the story. Now, the amazing thing about this story and the telling is that they describe Black Furies as being descendants of Artemis. Mm -hmm. I rather like that. Um, The first uh, wolves, though, were what were chosen. Like, back in the day, it says that men and women kind of existed in a harmony uh, of sorts, and that harmony was everything around the fact that guys would um, we'd go and hunt, uh, we would help build things like homes and whatnot. And that was great. Uh, women were teachers. Uh, they helped teach others how to hunt and gather, uh, which is some of what the men did. Both men and women were taught by the women, um, uh, while the hearth and home were kind of tended to, and not because the men can't do it. Just they're out hunting, getting food, doing that nonsense, coming back and building. We're going to do our part and help the kids figure it out, blah, blah, blah. And it was kind of a synergy because it's hard. They had to work together. Uh, to bring life into this world and kind of teach the young what they do to move on. And whether patients or whatnot, they just highlight that's how it was. Now, when it worked that way, that was great. But along comes Artemis. And Artemis turns to these five, well, we'll just say it is five that they later on reveal, but it's five wolves. And these black wolves, she teaches to say, I want you to teach the secrets of womanhood and take it to, to, to women, to human, human women. And then teach them these secrets, these mysteries, excuse me, I shouldn't say secrets, the mysteries of womanhood. And uh, that's that's great. No, it's clearly only for women. Well, the men see this and the worm goes, <laughs> hey, guys, how do you feel that you're being left out of whatever that is? And that's all it took. Right. And not just any part of the worm. You know, that's uh, that's the thing to, to highlight here. The urge worms are getting involved here. Right. So to point that out, 
Um, if you remember from the Book of the Worm, the Urge Worms were naturally uh, the aspects of the worm that believe in corruption, right? Uh, they get into that. They believe in that the Urge Worm had a specific job uh, to highlight anyone who can be vulnerable to these seeds, have that seed put in, and then work on it. In this case, it was definitely envy that, that slaps down in there, right? It was the fact that you have something we don't. Um, you're somehow elevated and more special than we are. We don't know what that is. And so this creates this initial friction. Well, this friction doesn't end there because the worm goes, hey, guys, don't worry about it. I understand that you're not called upon for that cool stuff, but there's other cool things you can do. And what does the worm turn them to, Nick? Well, it uh, it tells them a, a dark secret. And the dark secret that it tells them is that the miracle of childbirth is not a miracle and that it's not mysterious and that the seed and the womb are things that that the man can control. And by doing that, it basically created the the apple from the Garden of Eden in man's mind on how they could uh, how they could unravel the mysteries of what they thought made women miraculous. And by that means, control them. And it, it was simple. Like from that, it was it was a kismet logic as they tell the tale. So basically, they point out that in ancient times, uh, men bent a knee to women. And, and in this time, uh, women befriended wolves. That's initially what happened. That's where that jealousy easily grew, right? Because yeah. if the men are in supplication to women, you know, thank you for the birth of life that you're giving. And all this is cool. And we're all great with that. You know, we all have our place and we're all happy to have it. Then suddenly, wait a minute, you're super wolf women who can speak and befriend wolves and we get nothing. All right. And then a worm goes, no, because what they're talking about, I'm just going to rat on it. And then the men go, well, yeah, well, now we're going to, well, as they say, the peace between them was broken. All sorts of things happened. And in and, and lockstep, like we're talking uh, physical violence of, of every type uh, starts occurring between the sexes. The men uh, go from being in survival mode to conquest. They outlined very clearly that conquest was a man ideal. The worm turned them on to it. That, hey, you know, you have this tribe in this area and that's great. But you know what would be really great? If your thoughts and ideals ruled this other tribe too. He's saying the same thing, by the way, to the other tribes as well. <laughs> Don't you guys want to rule your yep. bigger piece of the land? Hey, that rock's really big. But if you smashed in that guy's head, you'd be in charge. All sorts of things. What if you had more sons? <laughs> more sons, more murder, more killing, more conquest, right? And apparently the women felt powerless to this. There was little they could do. They're, they're trying to uh, reestablish the ways, as it were, uh, but for whatever reason, couldn't get it done. They don't really explain that, just that it did not happen as it was. Uh, because of this, Artemis turns around and tells her uh, her daughters, the, the wolves, that is, your, makes them guru, and then gives them these uh, sort of these sacred lessons again that they're trying to impart upon. So uh, this weird, uh, as I took it, pretty much tells them to go and start doing the impergium. That's what happens. That's the solution up and up and shut. Like, if they want to start doing this, well, then we're going to start culling is what we got to do. We got to preserve what's ours, you know, because they're not going to stop. They're on this conquest kick running out and the worms doing the worm stuff. You're guru now. We got to do something to help you. But also, Artemis goes, I'm going to give you these sacred items, one each. There are five of you. And you're to protect them. And, and they agree to do this. And they start teaching, you know, their second daughters, as it was, uh, mm -hmm. what, what they're doing, what they had going on. And as time goes on, they describe this process uh, almost vaguely, but basically the corrupted, the worm-tainted men figure out who these women are that apparently have power still and secrets uh, to boot, and they turn around and hunt them. And they come for them to kill them. Artemis comes again, and this time she imparts the secrets of, uh, of uh, the, uh, not impart the secrets, but she comes around and blesses them with Incarna. She gives them totems to help guide them, seeing as the mothers were destroyed. 
so that they're not without them. And this helps them become the Black Furies. That's that's when they're dubbed the Black Furies, when Pegasus, Unicorn, Owl, and Panther come on the main stage and help guide them along to help them continue this quest. So they describe a great harrowing is what it is, is what I got. Because I was trying to put this down on paper to see this linear thought of what goes on. We're at Harmony. We're not necessarily made. Well, I mean, yeah, you're special because Artemis first approached the women for it. Mm-hmm. Worm gets the men. The divide happens. Men start going crazy with this conquest murder thing. They're given sacred items to hide. Men find about it, start coming to hunt them. These second daughters are here. They're made guru. Black Furies are made. Here's the incarnate to help them. And But it always feels like they're being pushed, right? Like they're being harassed, hunted, or pushed, specifically Black Furies. Not all of womankind. Like, it's yeah. interesting. It starts with womankind, right? But then it develops into just the guru and specifically just the Black Furies. And it's a sacred duty they end up getting. And this duty was never... Well, I guess it was explained, but not quite to the very end, right? Like, they're kind of, that was a little vague here in the book. Like, I was trying to figure out why. Yeah. I mean, the way, the way it, 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 like, it caught my mind is that they were all, like, huddled up in a circle. And they were like, well, this is, these men are out of control. How do we get them in order? You know, and, and two of them were like, to hell with it, we'll kill them all. And right. one of them was like, well, we, we can't do that. Otherwise, they're just going to rebel. And then, uh, and, you know, and then eventually they're like, well, what if we just kill the bad ones? And then, you know, like it balances out. And they're like, yeah, that's what we'll do. Impergium. <laughs> and like they're their own little world. Like the origins of Guru are all for them is what I kind of get the impression yeah. here when you're reading this book. It's almost like they don't acknowledge any other tribe existed. Right. At all. All the way up until them. They even go so far as to talk about the War of Rage. No other tribes are mentioned. Oh, we're sorry we killed them all. Right, but they talk about the War of Rage like this is after the War of Rage, and then move on. That yeah, little that's bit. That's it. That's it. <laughs> right? Like, oh, okay. So your problem was exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I'm not against it. Like, I get that it's a perspective in character, right? This is an in character perspective of the tribe, and you're going to get that. They're going to have biases and opinions and whatnot. Yep. This is one of them. It's it's literally all put down in a first person perspective from this elder instructing this pup at the uh, at the fire. You know, with everybody listening in to make sure it's like the best lesson you're going to get this week. And it's and it's cool because that young pup's like, this is kind of bullshit. Like the young pup's like you reading. Yep. And you get that. Uh huh. All of them. this happened to is like, you need to shut up and listen. Ah, all right. I get it. You're uh, sure. Finish your, <laughs> finish your tale. We'll see what's going on. Pretty cool. Now, what I like about this is that in this tale, as it starts developing, though, they go from that to, well, that was our origins. And we start spreading out and we run into the patriarch. Oh, the what? The Patriarch. <laughs> Where have I heard this before? Right. I more than said this, right? Here I am, <laughs> chilling, chilling with the missus. And out of nowhere, I'm like, the Patriarch? No. No. Mm-hmm. Now, you mm-hmm. understand, I hear about this term first, right? It was from Werewolf, right? It absolutely was. I even remember being at the LARP where I was told by the Black Furies, like, you're just, you're just suffering. You're part of the Patriarch. And I was like, oh, okay, that must be a game term. That's where I heard it. That's correct. Every feminist everywhere and every woman going, what a moron. You're valid. Just send it to me. I'm an idiot. You get a right to say it to me. No problem. <laughs> I thought that's what it was. And then, and then it's told, both. Right. And then I get told about the patriarchy, right? I learned this years later about the patriarchy, right? Bobby, the patriarchy, keeping us down. I was like, what? You, you play White Wolf? No. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then he explains to me like, oh, shit, I'm embarrassed. Don't say anything. Hide your head, right? And now I'm reading this book again. I'm like, patriarchy. Oh, yeah. It's a good thing I looked that up. Yeah, I know all about that. Uh, I forgot this is in this book like this. Okay, I guess we're going to get into it. 
Well, what's the well, pa- let's get into it. What's the patriarch in the world of darkness? Well, first, before we get to that, you need to read the quotes, the quotes that punch you in the proverbial face. Right. Read that first one for me, Nick, from the Code that- of Manu. I don't man. have any quotes in front of me, sir. You don't? Oh, oh I got I see Nick's going to slip this. Okay, fine. I got you. We're not getting away from this. <laughs> from the Code of Manu, the first man. This is what quote it was taken. In childhood, a woman must be subjected to her father. In youth, to her husband. When her husband is dead, to her sons. A woman must never be free of subjugation. Oh, this I remember. Uh-huh. Then there's another quote. This says, patriarchy is indeed a male neurosis. Quote from Judith Pierce. All right. These two things told me I'm not going to read about how they save the world, right? They're getting into something here. Something very specific is coming up from here. And they have a clever little story. What, what's the story they're telling here, Nick? And so the, the, the basic of the story is that somewhere out in the Middle East um, came an incarna that's a, it, it's a, it's a jealousy. And it's basically a, a sub uh, spirit of the urge worm of hatred. It, 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 yeah, right. It comes spreading these uh, these these crazy doctrines about bringing peace, and the only way we can do that is by subjugating women. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get real here. This is a this is a very big hot button issue that pops up right away. It's uh they are no no joke saying that uh, that the urge worm of hatred is controlling women through religion, and when they say religion, they mean Christianity, they mean Islam. They mean all of them. They, they talk about it. Um, they talk about the fact that they shamed women and told them that it's their fault all these miseries come through and they should clothe themselves and hide themselves. And the Black Furies pulled their hair, were pissed, and told them, oh, it's just, no, take a look, it's, this is wrong. And they're fighting and rebelling against it, establishing that <laughs> hatred. They saw the worm You took off. the apple, you ruined it. Right. As Eve, what were you doing? I can't believe it. Lilith, is just a mother whore, sleeps with demons. It's, ah, it's all here. It's all yep. here. And this is all the urge worm of hatred. Now, why did he feel he could do this? Well, remember, the worm had no problem walking up to man and went, hey, did you get animals you get to kick rocks with and be friends with while you're up there? Where should we win? No? Yeah, that sucks. Hey, but I can show you how to conquer other lands and kill things. Let, let's go with that. Let's stick with yep. what you're good at. And that's, that's where the seduction started. And then this just kept going. Why? Because their, their counter, remember the counter here, the Black Furies talk about Peace is starting to settle in. Despite yeah. all that, they did encounter some uh, some missteps, right? For instance, they talk about the get shittily off the bat, right? Uh, the get, yes. The get mistreat their <laughs> women. They don't say how. They do. Screw them. We're ever at war with them and any tribe who does that. But then they mention, well, we couldn't quite settle in the, in Europe like we wanted to in Northern Europe because the get Fianna and uh, the or Silver, uh, I can't remember them suddenly. Shadow Lords. The Shadow Lords. Oh, yeah. They, they name right. them, right? The big three. They're the reasons why we couldn't, you know, da, 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 da. Okay, so you couldn't find a home check, so that's why you're in Greece, I guess. And that, we'll leave that there. All right. No problem. Well, then we learn that peace can't be had lasting-wise, because even though they're calming them down from that conquest, Abhora finds a way. Yeah. It's like, um, it, the way they, they, they paint this picture is like, you know, the guys go out, like me and Bob, we're the two dudes. I've got the east side. Bob's got the west side. But you know what? We want the whole city. And the city ain't big enough for the both of us. So every day, we go out and we meet at the border. And I swing a hard right. And Bob swings a hard right. And both of us have our the side of our face swelling up. <laughs> and we go back home. And we eat a steak. And we just grumble and grumble and go, man, tomorrow. 
tomorrow I'm going to do the one punch that's going to take him out. And the next day we go out and we do the same thing. And we swing a hard left. And then the other side of our face is swelling up. And we go back home and we're spitting and cussing. And then eventually somebody comes over and like, hey, you know, you guys could uh, you guys can get along. Right. Um, what if um, what if every day instead of going out and fighting all the time, you had somebody just did things for you? You know, because women are naturally evil. You knew that, right? I mean, all this time that you guys are fighting each other, it's it's because these women are naturally evil. They got all these crazy powers they won't tell you about if you guys could just control them. Yeah. That's essentially how it comes about. They say makes peace by subjugating women with ownership and tales of sin. Now, what crazy powers are they talking about? I figure it's important. They don't directly say it, but they tell them to clothe themselves. Right. Because it drives you mad. Right. It drives you mad. Men are incapable of going, hmm. That's a woman dressed uh, very scantily clothed. She she might be bathing, leaving, coming home, probably wants her own privacy to kind of go to her own hut. But man, I wasn't going to go out hunting, but now I'm thinking of other things with her. Incapable of remembering I have a wife at home or maybe not, maybe just a, a partner I'm trying to settle with. That doesn't matter. I got I'm supposed to be feeding people because it's you know the hunter gatherer days. And if I don't leave yep. to go hunt, we're screwed. People are going to starve. Now, let's ignore that. Why? Because this fine piece of ash just came out of the water right now. And because I she was going to get some deer, but did you see what she was wearing or not wearing? Right. So she's Whoa. evil. Clearly, she's evil. She did it to distract me, seduce me away. Uh, something should be told. I'm going to go tell my wife. And then the wife's like, what? Did you hunt or not? Right. They don't tell that story. You got back and you're like, oh, hey, there's this. Uh, uh, I didn't get anything <laughs> to eat. At which at which point, you know, you're screaming back and forth. It was her. She did this to me. Seductress. Devil woman. Right. You were powerless <laughs> to her. Such might she use. Okay. Um, or they don't say that because obviously you make comic of it. You clearly could see the fallacies of the arguments of the logic. And they just said, no, there was an alleged thing. All evil laid at their feet. Just is. It's I wish this was not true. <laughs> it's simply I, like we haven't seen it before. Right. But that's that's what it does. And I actually enjoy the fact that they point this out in the book that that's that's what they're saddled with. You see this, you're like, how was this even possibly real? Like, where did this come? It fucking was. Read history. And so this continues on, right? (laughs) Right. And they talk about how it goes all over. It's all over. It didn't happen in one spot. It's everywhere you went. It it was women were secondary, forced in the household, uh, answerable to their fathers, their brothers. You know, they had to do whatever the husband said or else, you know, from the collapse of the Roman Empire. All that seeped out of it was this, right? This thing spread across all of Europe and Asia, and so or the Middle East, and so the Black Fury sucked because they couldn't stop it, right? That's what it is. I mean, that's that's more or less what they feel yeah. like in the retelling of the story. Like it's nothing we could do to stop it. They uh, they they pretty much describe it as like, well, the best we could do was just when the Crusades started, we're just like, well, maybe they'll just kill each other and we'll be it will be good. What but like I- they went back home and pouted. Is essentially what happened. I, I we have to point that out because they did. They went back to kind of reconnoiter, figure out what's going on. How do we survive this? How, how is it? How do we deal with this? The only solution they came up with is to leave, go right? back to the wild. How That's you, our place now. How do you blame them? Remember, I said it felt like they were harried since that got split up. Right, they were running. They got these these uh, artifacts to carry about. Artemis tasked them. Their their moms had it, and this is all like descendant based. We're not talking about immortals here. That's the first thing to remember about a tribe book. You're talking about descendants of descendants of descendants. You know, word of mouth was the transition of these stories. And they're saying, this is like a problem we've had since the beginning. And we're trying to stop it. We're trying to do something about it. We can't figure out how to do it. But we just, you know, 
and it's it's been there and and now we're to the burning times right and what they're yeah. talking specifically is that they left they left europe they went to north america right it came to the americas i should just say well not necessarily just north america but to the americas and what yep. they what they do they actually killed they said flat out they found a place because they're in survival mode they mm-hmm. left in survival mode they think this patriarch this warm entity because it's real they have to the patriarch definitely persecuting them definitely out to kill them and almost did in europe and they get here and they realize no patriarch at all there is no maligned influence here in the in the pure lands what do they do make a beeline for a karen smoke who's there take it immediately yep. they don't even make any bones about it in fact they go so far to say listen we were wrong to do it it was wrong to have it done we get that there's no apology that's going to make up for it but understand that when we talk to our cousins the wendigo and whatnot and we don't necessarily see eye to eye we don't hate them right our bad Right. And I sat there and said, and I'm going to say this because I said it, I said it to my wife. I was like, I can disagree to you something right here. She's like, what? That's such a woman thing to say. She's like, what do you mean? It's <laughs> like, I would switch to here. It's okay that they did it. But when the get get here, what was it said about the get? The get get here and the get look around and they took their big hammer and they said, look at these weak people. They can't defend their Karen. Rah, get smashed. Rah, get, <laughs> get bang. Yeah, bang. Red man can't fight. <laughs> Boom. Right. And that's all they're doing. And I'm like, but wait a minute. You got here in survival mode, ran up and smoked a Karen and said, hey, we're going to be here. We're sorry. We know it was wrong, but we had to live too. Hey, can we work it out? And I'm sitting here going, ah, how brilliant that is. I bet the is. Wendigo don't describe it that way. But they, I, I'm telling you, they don't. The Wendigo are more or less like, they don't even mention it. I'm going to skip ahead. I hope I find out I'm wrong. And we read this as we go through all the werewolf books. But I'm telling mm. you, I'm almost positive. There's no animosity there. It's like, they're like, ah, well, it happened. We're moving <laughs> on. Just don't wanna, they don't want to admit they got their, their butts kicked by the Black Furies. No, because the Black Furies point something out. That while they're here on their own, the Native Americans here, well, let me take that back. The Wendigo and yeah, Native American tribes as well, had a natural role for male and female as well. And it was male dominant. True. And it was male dominant, but it was not male abusive. They point that out here. It was not male abusive. It might have been male dominant, but it was not to the abuse of their women. And be or of the mm. women, I shouldn't say there, but because of that, they could live with it. They said the patriarch's not here, it's not tainted. Because of that. There is this there is a homeostasis here that grooves with what they got going on. And so they're okay. I just found it funny and ironic that they get a pass. No one else who came over with the hate well, train. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I uh, well, you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> you go ahead and say it. You say what you're going to say. I was I was going back. I was going back on another thing, you know, because um, they also don't uh, they don't bring up the the male role in uh, in wolf packs specifically, um, you know, with uh, with wolf alphas and the and the male dominance in that hierarchy as well. They just uh, they just graze right past it. When they keep on talking about the uh, the natural position of women in the, uh, in the I, hierarchies, I, I don't understand a, a dominant role uh, amongst amongst wolves. Like, uh, what do you mean? Well, they're not oppressive, but the males tend to be alpha, or the the alphas tend to be males, and they tend to lead the well, uh, lead the packs that way, right? No, I, I won't say right. I've I've never read that that was a that was a statistic that was accurate. Um, uh, it's it's interesting that said though. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just going on the record saying and read it. It doesn't make logical sense to me. That a, that a male wolf or a female wolf equally have a chance of being dominant. Not saying it in the sense of the sexes, but I never heard that a female wolf is somehow less in physical stature or capability than a male wolf whatsoever. So that penchant for one to lead over the other, I don't understand what it is. Because, got to remember, we also talked about this in the podcast in Ways of the Wolf, that that whole fallacy about there even being an alpha wolf in a pack is bullshit. 
They don't. That's that's nothing. That that was made up in a research one scientist did years ago, and that was dispelled. And so, because of that was dispelled, they were talking about the fact that basically it could be whoever survived, whoever's there. It's the top two couples. It's the top female and male that are considered the eldest in the wolf pack that actually work to their survival. And typically, it's their children who are the descendants in their pack in the first place, which is how they get huge and whatever and break off and all that wolf stuff. We're not experts. I'm just pointing out that I think that's why you don't see any of that mentioned here is because someone probably elbowed, hey, read this paper. We'll just not mention it again. And roll <laughs> out to what it is, right? Just just walked with it. Like, we'll just, just, just do it. Um, but in here, I did like the fact that they did bring up wolves in an interesting way. I love the fact that Black Furies decided that when it came to the New World, they weren't mating with males, humans. They went to wolf packs is what they did. They Which brought you want to do. I, right. I love that. I love that because that perspective was, wait a minute, that's putting money where your mouth is. You have a problem with the patriarchy, the hunting of males, and you decided that it's not necessarily the sex that's the issue. It's the corruption in the human homid species that's doing it. So you flip to the wild, W-Y-L-D, and go to the lupines that understand the balance instinctively. And from them, you are breeding this stronger Black Fury, which leads the argument that I have that you can play a male Black Fury lupus. Seems to work out. Just can't be the homid, right? I like that angle. That angle works for me. Because that in the pack is more tolerable and you don't have that homid bias that comes with it, right? Because you're cut out from that culture entirely and being raised on a, on, a, on a Fury Karen can work. That was only where my mind went why I enjoyed it. But they talk about hmm. them coming to the New World doing that, right? That was kind of almost like the goal and they kept it there. However, that piece existed for many years for them because the next big bad event they talk about is the burning times. So if you slept in the patriarch, which, which is what happened, right? They escape. They get well, here to the, the patriarchy. New World. Or the uh, the burning times, I thought was what pushed them to the new world. No, it's it's not. No. When, I'm look, when I'm looking at this, it talks about Rome as the last you hear of them, right? And it says it went worldwide. And the next talks about is them coming over and kicking rocks with them. And even if we got that timing a little off, let's just say it's not a thousand percent accurate. What I mean by that, clear, not accurate, clear. Well, Exa- the burning times was three hundred years long, right? right? So there's a lot of room, you well, know. And the way we remember the burning times, like as Americans is from the Scarlet Letter, right? Back when they were burning witches at the stake in the American colonies. They specifically relate to that as the burning times in the book. They're not talking about a 300-year stretch. If you look at this, closeness and bond with the goddess from the beginning, man has feared and envied that bond, and immediately rolls into the fact they start talking about witchcraft off the bat and how man hunted witches specifically, referring to the that Inquisition. as... The, it, right, and that's what I'm talking about. In the tribe book, as it mentions the burning times, Right. That's that's the section yep. that they get into this. And so that is talking about what's here. So what I'm saying is that when it gets from Rome and they see what's going on and that they just poop, we end up in Europe. It's because they said from Middle East on, they're encountering all that the patriarchy is doing with religion, as you talked about. Then they leave. They come here, realize Native Americans. We talked about that. Great works out. And then the next big bad thing you encounter is the burning times, which is what I'm referring to, because we see the next urge worm that gets brought onto the main stage. Now, we understand that Angora, who's inducing this hatred in man, said use, use a peaceable term to bring about a hatred that brings about an organized way to, yes, we're talking peace, but really subjugation is what we're bringing. Well, Angu, the urge from cruelty, decides, well, now we're going to do something different. We're going to attack the spirituality, right, in the most cruel of ways. And what we're going for is to simply say they're evil. We're just going to say they're evil. And yep. 
why we're going to do this, because before we told you to subjugate them, now we're saying flat out kill them. Not all of them. Those who agree to the yoke agree to be submissive, fall in line. You naturally need them, right? That's great. They could be where they're supposed mm-hmm. to be. However, those who act out, it's witchcraft. Those who stand up for themselves, it's witchcraft. Those who speak out against you and your home, try to destroy your home, it's witchcraft. That's, that's what they're bringing. That's hard. That's more than hard. I don't even know what to say, to be honest. is like when I read this section, I was like, we all know the history of uh, I feel that as the years go on and we peel back the layers of onions to find out about what was going on uh, with the Salem witch trials. There's a lot of stuff in there. For instance, that the the eating of bad grain produces uh, ergot, uh, which is a type of uh, uh, what you call it, uh, contamination. The mold. grain can get mold and that that could produce hallucinations like someone could have had a bad fever trip and said something. Mm. And this was blamed as witchcraft because they found a guy. Uh, who apparently held the uh, one one in certain lands for his family over here, and he couldn't get them. However, with this all this talk about witches, this guy used the church by making false claims about certain people to say they were witches that ended up gutting and destabilizing these lands to bring it about. Now, as these historians are going through it and going, we don't know exactly if this is how it planned out. Like that was his his go to, but definitely we could say it weakened their hold on wanting to be here when they're witch hunted and someone got burned or caught up in the scheme. Then it's the advent as they look at the psychology of the damage it does to the children. There were kids. Think about it back in the day when your, your, your role was to be seen and not heard. It's an old school term and definitely existed in the colonies, right? Your children were supposed to be obedient is the point. Well, we know nowadays, modern time psychology, kids tend to act out, right? They find little ways to act out as they're discovering themselves and finding out or being, you know, tantrum-esque or whatever. They're going to do something when you're not looking that they're get one on the parents because they're angry. Perfectly healthy. It's teaching them how to deal with that sort of thing. However, there's an insidious level to it as they start looking at the witch trials in a different fashion. That is it possible that they got attention from an adult who felt you saw your sister do something and now they're caught in a lie and they do what kids do. They continue the lie because it's sensationalized. Now it's in front of everybody and we get how that went. And because that happened, innocent, innocent people were killed. And that's what it went about, and that's what it could have been. Now, it's sensationalized in all sorts of ways, right? There have been movies made on it and whatnot. This right here, though, lends credence to the fact that in the world of Nardus relating here, this Angu urgeworm of cruelty lived and thrived specifically for these witch trusts. They didn't just happen in Salem, as we know, right? I believe Scotland mm-hmm. had a take with it. Uh, there were there were other places that went with it, too. I am not a historian. I've read vaguely. They're, they were purging pagan witches. Since the Holy Roman Empire. Right. Right. Your Spanish Inquisition, and I say yours, is because, yes, they existed. And yes, they did it. The witch hammer, the Maleficent, Malachi, Malachic harem exists and whatnot and all that fun stuff. But what we're pointing out is, is that there's, this book is just telling you without, t- well, inferring directly um, that uh, there's a ton of material historically that they're pulling on to attach and lay at the urge Roma cruelty's feet. However, the, this book does not get into it. It tells you of these times, like, you should be educated on it, right? It's not listing, like, in 1812 or 1912, this is the people who did it. You know, uh, Kramer and Springer wrote Malleus Maleficarum to hunt down it. It's not going to do that, right? This is going to mm-hmm. re- involve you getting, if you care, uh, to look up some of these terms to understand what they're getting at. Now, what we're getting at here is to highlight, this is an interesting way that they make a tribe book, where a lot of it is mm. inference. Like, the assumption is, is you're aware of these times in history and these places, to get the fact of how Angu, the urge worm of cruelty, which you should know about and know what that is because you read the book of the worm to now see this <laughs> and get where that is coming from. You may not have though. 
And so when you read this, like I know for a fact, the first time I read this, Angu Urge Room of Cruelty, I don't know what that is, moved on. Because uh, I had a storyteller who said, this this book's not for you, Book of the Worm, sat to the side. I, I never knew of that. I never knew what that was. I knew how to make a world and move on. And so when I was reading this and looking at it, I saw no powers, nothing to tie me in. All right, cool. Move on. And then heard that edict, only women can play a Black Fury. Yeah, all right. Let me put this book down, right? <laughs> um, what I like about this section and this, this whole part of the backstory is it's always very interesting to me how heavily they tie the mysticism of nature in with the Black Furies. Um, they, they essentially view witches as a call to the wild and returning women to their rightful role and balance. And immediately the patriarch hates that. I said patriarch. <laughs> so it does that. It does that natural influence. The, the way of tying those things together, I thought was actually pretty clever. It's, it's, it's a good way to do it. Um, in this time too, it's important to note that the sisterhood, which is a camp in the black Furies, mm-hmm. is actually born here in smuggling uh, women, not just werewolves, women period uh, into yep. safer areas. So they're free from persecution. They had to do it. It's important to note that here. They also acknowledge the fact that men died in the burning times as well. There were men who loved these women who were accused and there were, like, if you think about it, if I'm a priest and I accuse your, your wife of being a witch and you're like, what'd you just say? Your wife's a witch. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Priest. You accuse witch. my wife of being a witch, right? And he says, Oh, which lover, which lover that priest gets put in the, put, put to the ground, but the crowd's going to bring, you know what I mean? That hysteria is an evil thing yeah. that brings you right around. And before you know it, that's what happened, but that's a victim. And the urge room of cruelty couldn't be happier. That's how that rolls about. They acknowledge that in here too. Like this is not the the book that I feel people think it is. It's not a it's not a man hating book solely. It's pointing out a worm hatred, right? A cunning yep. that the worm uses to do that. And uh, in other words, I'm saying the worm has tricked you all into ignoring this book falsely. It goes it goes through heavy detail, making sure you understand that men are corrupted by the worm, right? And that's why they hate them. And and that's also why we leave our socks everywhere. Yep, it's the worms. The urge. It's the urge worm of laziness. It's uh, it's, it's insidious how it does that. It's uh, it's the urge worm of apathy. <laughs> it's got lethargy. <laughs> so, um, and in this order that we have here is talks about the uh, witch frenzy takes over lens in and does all that. And uh, now I'll eat my words because I'm looking at this as I should look at my notes. And yes, uh, here it talks about the new world gambles. The next big thing where they discuss that whole Native American aspect of it, too, because they fled the burning times to here, which is interesting, because I'm still confused, because they had a burning times here, too, where witchcraft was prevalent. And But whatever. I'm a, I'm a leave it alone. Whatever. But whatever. Historically, I'm out of it, I guess. And in the book, it puts it in an interesting order, and we'll leave it at that. Um, it's, uh, hey, I'm uh, going to side with you here. So that's... Uh, <laughs> that's I'm, I, In other words, I know where you got your point at, Nick, is the way they put it in the book was not ordered the way I was presenting it. Yeah, yeah. And they 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 go through it they break it down in vagueness, which is rough. Because it, you always gotta like fill in the gaps your damn self. Which is interesting. We'll, we'll leave that alone. I'm I'm fine with it. It's first dead. So anyway <laughs> <laughs> But first it is like that. Uh so But you- hey um on the on the New World though, uh they do talk about a place that we're all familiar with, which is the uh the cairn in the Finger Lakes the uh the sept of something or something or other you know it's uh it, it's famous um you know but you, you'll find it in rage across new york folks 
if you want to learn more. It's the finger links, scared you hippie. That's what they're talking about. It's is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was. I thought it was something important. All it's right. where Gaia it's, takes her hand, man, and just throws the worm out. Well, That's what yeah, they say. I, I remember that. I thought it had like an important name to it, like the sept of the like the the five fingers. Or, to the face or something. I don't know. <laughs> so the Finger Lakes Gate is also the place where a lot of civil uh, civil rights for women uh, take place as well, where it's birth, the movement there. And we read about that in previous uh, pod as well, uh, that it came about for that very reason. Super cool, right? Because that's the, that's the grand experiment. You know, they uh, they come over to America and they they get the uh, the option to to kind of go back to, you know, shepherding the, the women. Right. And it seems to work. They're able to empower women here. And it gets to the point where they inspire uh, women's suffrage. Now, they talk about here also at the end that he is, is, is uh, I like the mix of good and bad. Uh, they mention all the bad stuff. Then, well, it starts good, goes bad, starts kind of bouncing out, goes bad again. And then they talk about finger lake scaring is the good thing where we start yep. getting rights brought in. In other words, they're realizing that the hidden claw tactics weren't working. That's the lessons here, that they tried rage. When mm-hmm. men started conquesting, doing it, they tried to go at it direct and the worm got savvy. And, the, and it taught them that the worm was using peace because they were using peace. So the worm did it too and did it to subjugate them. And then worm did it again. They were sitting there getting along and found a way to be. And then while they're trying to kill these people in the dark and get rid of the bad eggs, worms like, yeah, you are. But now, you know, you're witches. Okay. So that starts happening again. We attack them overtly with, with more than religion to paganism. You get that. We've been there. Well, then you get to the finger lakes, Karen. And this is where the worm didn't have an answer. Empowering women as a whole. Uh, to to know themselves, to find their inner strength, to know uh, that it's okay to to be on their own, their own too, to combat these uh, myths and lies that are thrown about that they're supposed to be, to teach them to take heart and strengthen themselves, right? That's the important lesson here. In yourself is your strength, and be proud of that. And it, and the finger links is where it's birth, and that's where they give credit to, and that's great. But the worm has no answer, has no answer. It can only do what it's doing because to it, eh, sure, you have one place, but the rest of the world still sucks. Good luck, yeah. you know, and we'll we'll take it. We'll take it is what we're saying. We'll break even. Well, in the modern era in this tale, probably much like you, hopefully not. Uh, this young pup who's listening to this elder go on and on goes improved. This is shit. You're deluded. If you think that women suddenly have equality because of your finger lake scan, um, there are still all sorts of things that the patriarchy is dominating on. And we're still nothing's changed. Everything you've talked about still the same. So when are we going to rage? When are we going to get at it? And more or less. All the sisters here are more like uh, the way I took it when I read it. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's why you're here. You're here to hear how we're still in it. We're still in the mix. We're still in the fight. We're still trying to make these changes and get it to work out. And the pups literally points out, you know what? I think the most important thing is when we allied with the children of Gaia, they're the ones that showed us how to get at it in politics and bureaucracy and how to make a change through voting versus this. Hmm. What, what does it do to meet in a secret campground? held sacred by Gaia to talk about how we should all be treated equal, have a cry, to turn around and go home and get beat by our husbands. That doesn't make any sense, but the children of Gaia taught us we could throw that son of a bitch in jail. There are laws that do protect us, we stand up and do, and if enough of us vote, that matters. We take charge of what we have to elicit change through ourselves by taking litigation, and you could do that, and the children of Gaia help bring it about. And the Black Furies are like tapping their nose. Now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. We're teaching to a lie with those who do see what we're trying to accomplish and care, but it's almost like they don't want to say it out loud. I feel now you're going to say it's weird. Didn't they just make an argument? It's not what I'm saying. They're trying to teach that the saviors of them, the saviors of women are women. That's what this tribe is trying to say. 
you were not going to convince the world that they should, hey, everybody take it easy on women. You know, at least those women who care right. to stand up and say something. It, it twists my arm behind my back as hard as you want. Eventually, I'll say what you want me to say. But that doesn't mean, you know, it's, it's going to you're going to change my mind. Right. Right. Uh, but what it, the, there's a there's a cool argument here. I'm going to paraphrase it where the where it says flat out for every one woman that stands up on a picket line and says fight for our rights. There's another thousand that say jack shit. Right. And just let it happen. And that's and that's where the fight. It, that's where it has to balance out. It has to become more in the picket line, none on the sidelines and get involved in what you're doing. That's what I like about this book, that even when the year was written, this is still going on today in 2021. Right. To know about yep. it. it's like it's like an awoken type book. But the fury is felt. I think they're aptly named. I like the rage build in this where you hear the frustration, you hear what goes on back and forth. They write about it cleverly, I feel, enough to inspire. You got the generation old arguing with the up-and-coming pup about what are they going to do, and you have an educated pup arguing about stuff still isn't equal. All this shit you're talking about where allegedly it worked out didn't, and they're like, we know. That's why we're talking to you. We're passing the torch. It's time for you to step up. That's a rite of passage. That's something to get behind. So when you ask this, this Fury who read this tribe book, when will you rage? It's right now. It's right now, and you get it, and it's a, it's a good book to do it in. You know what I mean? I felt it's very well written to do that, to elicit that response, and I think that's the goal. It's the, the entire goal of the book is to do that. Um, what about you, Nick? No, I agree. I, I don't have it. I, I would love to expand upon what you've said, but there's, there's no room for it. <laughs> so in this, I'll, I'll, I'll end up by saying this. In here, it says flat out that it was our charge, our sacred purpose, to keep these places safe from the hand of man, and we have failed. And what I want to tell you here, why I like it so much and why it's so profound, keep it safe from the hand of man, these sacred places. It can mean a lot depending on how you want to look at this. It does not say, um, to me, I felt that was, a, that was a shot at mankind more than it was just the sex of man, because it talks about they're supposed to keep the wild places safe. That's what they were supposed to do the entire time. That when those black wolves were orig originated and were out there and were given a sacred task, it was kind of the start preserving these holy areas it seemed by artemis but here we go centuries down the road advanced to the modern and we're losing all these sacred sites and all that the wild is offered because the weaver is just out of control because the worm is poisoning the weaver to continue to do it as they see it well because of that they're supposed to keep these places safe and they can't and that's what they're really fighting for so that's a very it's a fury angle that's their sacred charge i liked it a lot uh, man, I, I'll be honest with you. It, it's the hardest part for me to follow in this book is when they're talking about man, men, and you know, like the difference and humankind. It's like um, they use the same word for all of them, and it's it's just sometimes it's really hard to struggle. I got to reread a sentence multiple times to be like, which one are you talking about? Are you talking about mankind, or are you talking about men in general? Or are you talking about the idea of man? You know, I can uh, I can get behind that. I really can say, though, it's one of those things you have to spend time thinking about the way they write it. I will agree. I'm not defending the writer at all and that they could be more clear. I'll give you that. It's a first ed book. Absolutely. There could have been more distinction to put out what they're saying to make it easier to go with. At the same time, does it come at sacrifice to force you to read or to think for yourself? And that answer would be yes. That I feel that what this does is inspires you to actually sit there and think about what you read to have a working logic toward like a discussion well, like a discussion I, I should have to think about the ideas not what they are saying no because it's like any discussion if you're a child who wants to sit and hear adults talk about facts and figures 
right? And you and you want to write them down and say, no, no, you said this. It means that. And then you, I'm going to sit there and go, there's one thing. There's there's two types of intelligence. There's an intelligence where you memorize exactly what's out of the book, and this is how it works. Now it'll work with your arithmetic just fine. That'll work with your historical facts just fine. But when it comes to the application of a certain think outside of the box mentality or think of a philosophy or what a philosophy means, that sort of thinking, two separate levels. When you try to combine these things in a discussion format, that's where you're going to lose a lot of it because not everybody's going to see things the same way. But I honestly feel in a role-playing sense, a book's written for that on purpose, right? When Mm. I think of this, this first book's designed to have people want to listen to this in a podcast. It's designed to have people who own this to play this to come with a different angle to take a block of information. I read this paragraph to feel it meant to do this. This is what I'm going to be. And it's meant to do that because you don't want, you want to avoid the cookie cutter. We don't want everybody to read this and come with the same thing and go with the same angle. Right. And I, I think a lot of it that is, uh, that is why they wrote it from a perspective as well. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. It makes it hard. But diving into this uh, further, let's, let's talk a minute about uh, Black Furies. I mean, by a limit uh, uh, for a minute, something that's common in all the tribe books coming forward. Camps. You're going to get camps. The the sacred story about why a tribe comes together to be what they are, ordained by Gaia or what have you, and then they're incarnates, give them a purpose, and then they're going to run out and be these werewolves. I'm not being derogatory, but it's common. It's a template. But what makes a tribe book interesting beyond that is when you actually get to the camps. The camps, at least in the first dead sense, do a lot to sort of give you the different flavors uh, that exist in here. And this book... Mm -hmm. This book gives you a lot. <laughs> yeah, a surprising amount of camps, actually. I I didn't know. Uh, I, I, I'd say there's, there's four of them mentioned in here. I was like, hmm, how'd I miss those? I, I had no idea it was there. Right. There's a, there's a handful of these that I read and was just like surprised by, um, kind of out of the blue. But when you start reading like the history and stuff they set up in here, super obvious. Of course. Of course they would have this camp. You know, like uh, when, you, uh, when you start talking about... Uh, like for my example is the Bacchanats or Bacchants. The Bacantes, um, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Bacantes. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's uh it's, it's something you'd be like, ah, yeah, well, obviously that's gonna be in here. I don't even think that's obvious. Like the Bacantes for what a lot of people well, whether you do or don't know about them, I'll let you guys read them. Basically, when you think of a super pissed off Black Fury and you're thinking that she's just angry at the world, so that's what she's doing is run around and and, and that's the purpose. I that's not the Bacantes. Right. They, they they have a purpose. And what that answer is, is that for all the all the damage that's being done, they're the ones going after those doing the damage. They're responding in kind to what's there. That's their take on it. That's not necessarily the right way, but they have the admiration of all the other Black Furies for taking up the I, helm and telling to sell themselves to go do it that way. I read them as kind of like the unbridled mares in the open field, right? Like a when you think about at kind of how they describe them, they're like the instinctual primal rage personified, you know, and uh, they have these vast rituals where they go through like uh, crazy revelries where they have strong drink and they they take hallucinetic drugs and they do these uh, these ecstatic dances and just let their emotions go wild. Like they just become one with the wild and and revelry in that. Well, you got to remember, it tells you flat out that the idea of what the Picantes were dancing around and doing all that and drinking is false. That stuff that was thrown out in a way that's not what they're doing. Uh, simply put, this camp highlights the fact that they're the mother's rage personified. That's it. The mother's wrath personified is what it gets to. And it took me, I had to read that twice to, to kind of get that distinction as well, because there is a story about 
they main ends and what they did. That's there, and that's true. But this here is referring to the mother's wrath. So in that instance, it's talking about what would... They're talking about woman as the destroyer. Woman as the primal killer. We're talking Kali, Lilith, Pele, Tiamat. We're, in any other name, it's the wrath of women. Cannot, the, you can't deny that wrath. But it's to a purpose. But it's to where there is no negotiation. There is no I'm sorry. There is only, there is only death. That's what they're bringing. And that's, that's what they are. And when you think of them that way and you see that way, it's like, wow, okay, all right, cool. However you want to present them in your game, great. But they give a strong opinion as to how that would look like and what it could do. Even better, don't take merely the reading for it. They actually give an in-character descriptor of what they are as well at the end of it. You know, when it talks about the Picante Speaks, it's somebody speaking in character as one. And that's awesome. That's, a, yeah. that's another first dead trick that I have not seen done in a hot minute. That's, that's great to do. And why? you and i just had like two divergent could be still in the realm of them i feel but you know salt the taste but when you read about picante speak kind of brings to whole what they intended and when you see what the author intended when they write in a book about how a camp should be i think every fan loves it because then it's cool then you can really get it right you get the full picture where do you want to fit in that little rainbow thought of what you want to be and you could do it so it's a lot better fit i feel but the uh that camp and more are there. I know we're well over the hour, so I don't want to uh, dive dive too much. In fact, we can't dive too much into it. Uh, but this book is not long. I think in its total, uh, for all the parts going to talk about the story to the camp, it's what, about 40 pages? That's that's if we include the comic? Yeah. Somewhere near the 40 pages? Yeah. I mean, all in all, and then there's the appendices that, that come after that where you get your cool gifts and, you know, uh, rights that come down, which I think are kind of cool. and. You know, different things like that that you end up seeing. Because I know we were asked before, I was asked about the five uh, treasures of Artemis. They are in this book in a poem. Now, I can't begin to tell you if they were written down somewhere as they actually made them up. I don't know if they did do that. Um, Oh, you mean like write them down as actual level fetishes and everything like that? Right. But but I don't know if they did. But I know they bring them up in Cairns. In this poem, they mention that it's a cloak, it's salve, there's a bridle, a loom, and a bow. And they mention those here. And um, I think there is a bow of Artemis uh, somewhere, but there are a lot of fetishes in werewolf a lot. So mm-hmm. I could, I didn't begin to memorize all of them. Uh, but the fact is, is that nothing stops you from making them up either. If you feel you need them, but assume they're powerful. This book says that absolutely. If a goddess. Like, to, yeah. yeah. Like insane, powerful, like insane, insane, powerful. <laughs> so nobody gets to touch them. That's how good they are. <laughs> are there gifts in here? Yes. But as we've said a lot, when it comes to, uh, uh, gifts that you could read about in a book in a first ed book they're irrelevant at this point they updated them we know they did um that's they're they're updated for a reason but for collectors who are curious they're in here too to read what they kind of had an idea a lot of them are kind of not even kind of they're origin specific meaning they definitely have the feel of the tribe they were meant for later on they may become universal and open to all guru they've done that with a few maybe the same thing happens here i happen to know that the black fury gifts are always good they were good here for first ed they, they get good real good uh, by the time uh, World of Twenty rolls around as well, uh, but that's that's just how the, how the tribe rolls. Just badass. All right. Uh, with that, we're gonna pull this to a close. Is that's a lot to talk about in some Black Furies, and uh, uh, we will catch you guys in two weeks when we hit the next tribe book, which I believe is a Bonar. I believe so. I think I'm right on that. I think it is Bonar. It might be. If not, you're gonna get the book it's supposed to be. Um, this is. <laughs> I know what you. <laughs> Otherwise, thinking. we'll surprise you with the right book. Right, right. We're both looking at each other, and I was like, uh, could be. You know what? Hang on. Give me a second. Let me get the right one, or I'm going to feel like a complete ass. You guys didn't um, even try. All right. It let's says see. here, <clears throat> Bonars. Yes. 
And his bonars were going to get grimy uh, here in two weeks, folks. We're going to get dirty. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. And again, uh, have a good one. My brain just left there for a minute. Yep. Thanks, Enjoy Jack. yourself. Keep living the dream. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade podcast. If you liked what you heard, please reach out and let us know on Twitter at 25 years of VTM at our email info at 25 years VTM.com on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash 25 years VTM or on our website www.25yearsvtm.com If you would like to support us, we can be found at patreon.com slash 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade.